We're in a today time. In other words, we're in a time in which what God is doing, he's doing today. Um, he's, he's no longer saying this is what's coming. What he says today, he's doing today. We're in an hour called Isaiah 60. What the Lord is doing, he's doing right now. Arise and shine. For your light has come. Because you're a son, you can rise when you want to. Sons rise. So God doesn't God just says arise. He don't He don't say wait till sunrise because you're the sun. So you rise when you want to. Beloved, now we are the sons. Now we are the sons of God. Does not yet appear what we shall be. It's time to rise, son. Time to rise, daughter. Do you hear what I just said? It's time to rise, son. The devil has tried to tell you you're everything but the son. Has questioned your sonship and your right to walk in the family of God and ask you, are you indeed the son of God? But I'm here to tell you today, beloved, now. We are the sons of and it's time to rise. Arise and shine. For your light has come. I, I want to put a disclaimer, a disclaimer on this message. And the reason why I want to do that is because I feel like it's necessary and important. Because one thing that we can't we cannot um, do is we cannot attempt to put this new wine in old wineskins. What I'm trying to say is the way that you know life today, if, you're go if we're going to keep this, you ain't going to be able to live like that uh, tomorrow. What I'm telling you is anytime God begins to pour fresh oil, he now violates our cultural equilibrium. What am I saying? In other words, if we're going to now, as vessels, if we're going to receive everything he's pouring, we're going to have to understand we got to change the way we live. It demands life change in order to receive life. See, he didn't come to make our life better. He came to give us life itself. So anytime God comes to give us life, he always violates our current lifestyle and says, if you want this life, then you're going to have to give up a life. He says, he who gives his life shall gain it. Amen. And so with that being said, I need you to understand this. And this is so, so very, very important. This anytime God begins to pour like he's pouring now, Satan will always attack us with a word called balance. Right. I'm here to tell you right now, anytime God begins to move, you cannot keep balance. 
You got to balance. You got to balance this out and have a little bit here. You got to be able to do this, do that. I'm, I'm here to tell you right now. There's only one, there's three verses of text that define balance. Matthew six verse thirty three. Seek first the kingdom of God and all of His righteousness. That's actually balance. Jeremiah 29 and 13, you shall find me when you shall seek me with all of your heart. That's balance. Come on, Hebrews 11 and 6, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of him that consistently, passionately, nonstop, without fail, seeks his face. I'm here to tell you balance can only be defined by one thing, seeking him. If you're seeking him and the dishes didn't get washed yesterday, you're in balance. You're in perfect balance. The only one that's going to talk bad about you about your dishes not being washed are men. God, you ain't going to stand before God and say, because you prayed for six hours and didn't wash the dishes. Not done, not well done, my good. We got to redefine balance. I'm trying to help somebody right here because I'm here to tell you normal is going to attack you, prodigal. Anytime prodigal begins to rise up, normal begins to rise up. But I'm here to tell you, you don't fit the suit called normal. You don't fit the clothes called normal. You're prodigal. I know this is scary some of you, but I need to say it up front. Because if one thing we cannot do is allow believers to tell us we need balance who ain't walking in signs. Now, Matthew, Mark 16 and 17 says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall cast out devils. They shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall speak in other tongues. They shall eat that which is, or drink that which is poisonous, and it shall by no means harm them. And ultimately what they shall do is they shall disciple. They will be disciplers of men. Now, if you are not walking in that and you're telling me to have balance, if I have your balance, I, I won't even be a biblical believer. Unless you're walking in those signs, you have no right to define to me what balance is. Obviously, you're not walking in balance because you have no signs following you. You're... I'm here to tell you right, don't talk to me about balance if ain't nothing supernatural happening. You need balance. You need a little bit of TV time. You need a little bit of that. Well, are signs following you? Then don't preach that balance to anybody because that ain't balance. God has to take away our balance to give us proper balance. Everybody follow what I'm saying? I I, I want to share this with you because I'm I'm here to tell you, this outpouring is going to cause us not to be able to do things like we... You might not be able to wash clothes on Friday afternoon like you normally do. You might have to wash them at at 2 a.m. on Monday night because of the way God is outpouring. And, and, and don't you dare let normal come to you and tell you you're going too far because you can't wash clothes on Friday night. Please hear what I'm saying right now. You may not be able to do your date night like you always do, because when outpouring comes, he shifts us and brings us into balance. And that does not mean for, oh, no, we got to get our balance back. We have, no, 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 no. You don't, get, you don't need to get your balance back. Outpourings, please hear me. Outpourings always violate our current definition of balance. Always. Move, and then we, we, we end up wasting the wine 
and destroying the wineskin because we try to put it in our old powerless ways. Amen? Amen? Listen to this. Moves of God change the equilibrium of the culture where we no longer are satisfied nor are we fulfilled with man's definition of balance. Regular, regularly working eight hours, watching our shows on television, hanging out every Friday, having a movie night every week, having a good church service, are all tilted towards one end, seeking first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and entering into divine balance. Until Matthew 6 and 33, Jeremiah 29 and 13 are our points of reference for the way we define balance, we will never enter into kingdom balance. Amen? You know what balance is and why we got to stop saying that? Because it violates Scripture. You know what balance is? Balance is equal distribution of weight, putting the same value on multiple things. I'm here to tell you, you can't be a believer and do that. It's putting equal value on multiple things. So the same value I put on God, I put on my job, I put on my hanging out, I put on my shopping, I put everything, because everything has to have equal value. But I heard a God that says, unless you love me with all of your heart, that's, that's, that, that ain't balance, that's imbalance. Unless he has all of my heart, all of my mind, all of my soul, and all of my strength, I'm preaching a demonic message when I say balance. I'm actually fighting the move of God. I need y'all to hear this today. I need y'all to catch this today because I'm here to tell you right now, what's about to be poured on this house is going to bring us into timeless moments where we're going to wind up being in church for six hours and it's going to feel like 30 minutes because the timeless one has showed up. He's going to, he's pouring something extravagant and excessive in your heart. And times you would normally be doing your practical things are going to be taken captive by desire for God. And don't you dare try to take, to, to, to stifle nor quench the spirit of passion. We're about to enter a season that looks unbalanced to man. Listen to me closely. Because if you don't, you're going to waste the wine. God ain't pouring this so we can live good regular lives. He's pouring this so we can be the light of the world. Amen? The greatest enemy of prodigal is normal. Amen? For years I felt bad because I wasn't normal. For years I felt like I had to dummy what God was doing in my heart down because I wasn't normal and so forth and so on. But I understand now exactly who I am. I'm prodigal. And I'm called to lead a, a camp of prodigal people. Radical. Radical in passion and desire for the living God. Day and night delight. Day and night delight. So I, I needed to put that disclaimer on because we're having we're in the midst of an outpouring of adulation. Right. Amen. And I need you to understand that people this outpouring is gonna cause people to begin to attack you 
people that are close to you attack you saying you're going too far. Right. Right? And it all in the name of balance, which is also in the name of pulling you out of kingdom, out of a kingdom expression. There's only one balance in the kingdom. I'm, I'm your all in all. I am not just first. Like God first. No, that's only if you're not kingdom. God everything. God everything. If he's first, that means there is no second, third, fourth, or fifth. And that's just one number then. Amen. That's scary. That's scary to a world that has tried to make God something convenient. It's scary. And it sounds radical. This is normal church. We, you know what we're about to start having? Normal church. Come on. You know what's, what happened this morning? That's actually normal church. Come on. The angels actually looking at us saying, y'all getting there. They starting to get it like it is in heaven. They getting there. They, out of ten, they on two. It, we're actually becoming normal. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 60. Look at this. Glory to his name. Isaiah chapter 60. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah chapter 60, verse number 1. And, and the Bible reads and says this. We don't have our projector again today, okay? Yes, that's fine. We begin reading at verse number 1. The Bible reads, it says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Lift up thine eyes round about and see all that gather themselves together, they shall come to thee. Thy son shall come from far, and thy daughter shall be nursed by thy side. Then thou shalt see and flow together, and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged. Because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. The, first, the forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. Look at your, look at your neighbor real fast and tell him, this, we're in this day. The multitude of camels shall cover thee. The dromedaries of Midian and Ephah, all they from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense, and they shall show forth the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kadar shall be gathered together unto thee. The rams of Naboth shall minister unto thee. They shall come up with acceptance on my altar, and I will glorify the house of my glory. Who are these that fly as a cloud and as doves to their windows? Surely the isles shall wait for me. And the ships of Tarshish first 
to bring your sons from far, their silver and their gold with them, unto the name of the Lord thy God and to the Holy One of Israel, because he hath glorified thee. And the sons of strangers shall build up thy walls, and their kings shall minister unto thee. For in my wrath I smote thee, but in my favor have I had mercy on thee. Therefore thy gates shall be opened continually. They shall not be shut day or night, that men may bring unto... Everybody say day and night delight. You know that that's talking about it. It's right there. You just don't... I'm, I'm never going to shut up. I'm never going to shut down the gate. The gate is always open. That men may bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles, and that their kings may be brought. Skip down to verse, and I doubt I get to this, but I'm going to try to get to it today. Verse number 18. Violence shall no more be heard in thy land, not in the land, just in your land. Wasting nor destruction within your borders. But thou shalt call thy wall salvation. Man, that, that'll preach all by itself. The glorified church has walls made out of a material called salvation. That's the island of Austin, but I couldn't get past that. You mean walls ain't just built out of wood? You mean salvation is more than get out of hell free card? It's actually the material to the walls to the glorified church. And thy gates praise. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. And we, we just bless you right now that you speak clearly to us. We just thank you for this prophetic hour. We thank you, we thank you for this hour of speaking forth that which is not tomorrow nor next week, but right now. We thank you for this now faith moment and this now faith window. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. All of God's people said amen. Amen. You may be seated in the house of God. I, I'm going to take it slow for a little bit, but I need y'all. I, I, I do want to say this. He shall do, and this is kind of some review from what I dealt with Wednesday, Ephesians 3 and 20. He shall do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or think, Mike, right? According to the power that works in us. God has a realm called exceedingly abundantly that we can't gain access to by thought, nor can we gain access to by request, right? right? There's nothing we can ask for to get to the, that exceedingly, but it's for us. There's no, our minds cannot tap into What's behind that door and unlock the door of the exceedingly of God? That, that's God's excessiveness. That's when God just pours so much stuff on you that it will have to last over the next hundred generations in your bloodline for them to use everything he poured out in you in one hour. Right? Right? Not just, see, sometimes we just think our revelation is for the people listening, but the revelation is actually going to last and stand the test of time and echo down the corridors of millenniums. 
Amen. Uh, no, no, no. We, we're not just speaking to us. We're speaking to what ain't been born yet. Do you know that's what God did? He said, Abraham, look up at the stars because I'm speaking to stuff in you that ain't been born yet. Can you count them? You cannot count them. I'm speaking a word to all of your descendants right now. We are his descendants. Y'all know that, right? We are the descendants of Abraham. Abraham didn't even know what a tie was. And he got children that wear ties every week. And he didn't even know that. But he, but he spoke down and echoed down the generations. So, 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 so now, watch this. And so we understand that we can't tap into his exceeding abundant by thought, nor can we tap into it by request. But then God now helps us to understand that's why he's pouring out the anointing of adulation. Right. Excessive devotion. When we immoderate, unlimited, come on, prodigal, without restraint, without boundary, and without fear, worship and devotion to God. Because our excessiveness can tap into his exceedingness. Right. My request can't, my thought can't, but my excessiveness can. Through my excessiveness, I can have what I didn't think I could have, nor what I asked for. And we see this in the prodigal. The prodigal son, amen, and this is just review. Prodigal does not mean rebellious. Prodigal does not mean defiant. Prodigal means excessive. See, he was just an excessive boy. Whatever he had, he going to give it all. If he had $100 and they went to Las Vegas, guess what? He going to spend all 100 Glory be to God. If he ran the streets and he was gangbanging, he going to be the hardest gangbanger. If he sold drugs, he ain't just going to nickel and dime and get double ups. He's going to now get a hookup from out of town that flies in. He is an excessive boy that whatever he does, he goes beyond the normal. I think we got some. I think we got some prodigals up in here. Some of you don't realize it. That's why you was the one that drank everybody under the table. You were excessive. If I'm a drink, I'm gonna drink till I ain't got no good sense. Whatever I did, I did it to the max. He was excessive. Amen? And now he begins to make his way home. And the he finds out that his father was waiting on him. The Bible says the father sees him from afar off. He had another boy in the house. But the other, the, 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 the prodigal is just coming home. Now get this. What is his mindset? I just want to serve. If I can be like my, one of my dad's hired servants and just get a meal. He's not coming home asking nor thinking about a robe. He's not coming home asking or thinking about a ring, asking or thinking about a fatty calf, nor a party. But now he's excessive. So God says, I can give this boy exceedingly and abundantly above. I know if I bring this boy in the house, he ain't going to be quiet when everybody else be quiet. I know if I bring this boy in the house, he ain't going to stop clapping when everybody else start clapping. I know if I bring this boy in the house, him hearing the word preached ain't enough. That boy going to go home, get his Bible out, turn on a lamp, and fall asleep with his nose in the Bible. He's excessive. 
Excessive people get things they don't think or ask for. The calf, the robe, and the ring was always in the house. And there was another good boy. He was real good. That he never even thought about bringing it out for. Why? Because it ain't about what you ask or think. You know what he asked? He said, why didn't you ever? Look, I've been with you all this time. Why didn't you ever kill a fatty calf for me? Why did you? You never threw a party for me and my friend, but you never asked for it. Because you didn't know. I even wanted to do that. But if you would get excessive, I would do that. Excessiveness taps into his exceeding. That's why God is pouring out this adulation. He's bringing us to a place of excessiveness. Because what he wants to break out that we can't see. We, we, our mind, I'm about to show you some of this stuff. And it's, you, you still ain't going to be able to wrap your mind around what God about to do. Because I hardly can. But we're in the day called Isaiah 60. Because he poured out, he poured out an identity called prodigal. That's what he's pouring out. Isaiah chapter 60. Being prodigal is being good. It's a good thing to be prodigal. You can call me prodigal all day. I am, the pro- I am a prodigal son. Isaiah 60, verse number 8. And I'm going to read it in the NIV, New International Version. He says here in Isaiah 60, verse 8 and 9, if you want to share it with somebody that's next to you, you can. <clears throat> Isaiah asked the question, he said, Who are these that fly along like clouds, like doves, to their nests? Verse 9, uh, I believe in the, in the, um, oh, the King James, what does it say for nest? Windows. That word actually translates nest, like a bird's nest. Excuse me. Verse 9, surely the islands look to me, in the lead are the ships of Tarshish, bringing your children from afar with the silver and gold, to honor, to the honor of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he hath endued you with splendor. Great splendor. We begin to see why God gives us the name he gives us. He said the reason why they're going to do what they're going to do is because I poured glory on you. This is what I need y'all to understand. As we enter into greater measures of This outpouring of adulation. First, understand what this outpouring is. This is an outpouring of adulation. This is giving us opportunity to enter into excessive, burning, fiery desire for God. It is a window to do that. God is saying, I'm not not demanding you be on fire. I want to light you up. And what I'm asking you to be, I want to give you. Right? He's pouring out. There's an outpouring of adulation, excessive devotion. And through the which, what happens We now get an inheritance. What is that inheritance? The ability to properly glorify God. God ain't glorified in normal worship, nor is he glorified by normal people. He is glorified by excessiveness because it reflects his worth. Our praise is a way to reflect his worth to the world. I can now show a degree of how much he's worth by the way I clap. I can show to a measure how much he's worth by the way I shout. 
And so now it doesn't turn into something to try to sensationalize the atmosphere. I'm not trying to entertain people, but now I can now reflect and help people see just how glorious God is through excessiveness. Everybody follow what I'm saying? So now he poured out this adulation that we could properly glorify him. Why? So he can glorify the house of his glory. He glorifies, watch this, the house of his glory. And then he, talk, he begins to talk about what happens when he glorifies the house of his glory. People begin to fly like clouds, like doves to their nest. Islands begin looking to God. Our sons and daughters begin coming in ships. When God glorifies us, amen, people, watch this, start coming from places they have to fly from and islands they have to get in boats from to come and be spiritual sons and daughters. Y'all got to hear what I'm saying. They are not coming to join our church. Uh, glory. They are not coming because there's a powerful word that that man preaches. They're coming to be fathered. They recognize that this house is operating under an Abba glory. There is an Abba glory over this house where they cry out like sons and daughters. They don't cry out like blind Bartimaeus. Have mercy on me. They cry out like sons and daughters. And I'm here to tell you sons and daughters cry out different than blind Bartimaeus. Through desire, these people have entered into being sired. Y'all got to go back and review that. Sire means father. Desire, S-I-R-E. It's through desire that God fathers us. And he moved from being Jehovah to Abba. Through our desire. Amen. He says here, who are they that fly along with clouds like doves to their nests? They're going to fly to come to their nest. Uh, they're going to come from afar. They're fly. Well, no, don't you fly from your nest, not to your nest. They're going to come to fly to their nest. They're going to hear and be touched by this Abba glory that God is releasing right now and know that that place that I'm hearing this glory from, that's my nest. I, I don't even know these people. They're not the same color as me, but that's my nest. I don't even speak the same language that they speak, but that's my nest. I don't even, I, don't, I ain't even never been to Darling in South Carolina, but that's my nest. I don't even know anything about racing, but that's my nest. They're going to hear it and say, that's the place where I can be sat on and hatched. I'm here to tell you, there's something that happens in this. You get sat on long enough until you break out of everything that's been confining you. That is my home. That is my nest. That's the place where the glory of God is going to sit on me. That's the place where Jesus is going to sit on me. That's the place where the anointing is going to sit on me. And every restraint, everything inside of me that I felt was restrained, I'm going to break out. It is the Abba glory. It is the Abba glory. They're going to look around and say, my God. 
This got to be my nest. This got to be my home. I'm among prodigal people like me. I don't want to just quote scriptures. I don't want to just post scriptures. I want to live scriptures. I want to see the reality of scriptures. I don't just want to memorize them. I want to manifest them. I don't just want to talk about them. I want to release their power in the earth. And I found a people crazy enough to believe they can live by the word of God like me. That's my nest. I will get in a plane and fly over the Atlantic to find my nest. I will come from Australia to find my nest. I will come from China to find my nest. I will come from the UK to find my nest. As a prodigal people, in the midst of a bunch of normal people, expressing the kingdom of God. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, we're in that day. I came to figure out I don't fit in nowhere else. Good church don't satisfy me. Didn't we have a good time? No. We didn't have a good time because all you want to do is talk about sports now. No. I'm still thirsty. Still hungry. Still want more. Good church don't satisfy me. I'm telling you they're coming. I'm going to tell you right now they're coming. And some of them don't even understand the language, but something happens to their heart every time they hear it. I don't even understand what you're saying, but I know you got words of life. That sounds like John 6 to me. Unless you eat my flesh, I don't even know what you're talking about. But all I know is when you said it, something leaps. You got the words that make me live. Listen to this. The only reason why they're coming, everybody say they're coming, is because the Father glorifies the house of His glory. They're coming because we're wearing a fragrance called adulation. Adulation is a cologne. It gives off a room. You just smell like something when you hit the room. When you begin to talk, it smells like, it's like this scent that they just carry. Amen. Excessive. When we are excessive in worship, it causes us to inherit his exceedingness. They're not coming because we're organized. They're not coming because we know how to have good programs in excellence. They're coming because we're wild, crazy, and we don't care what anybody else got to say about it because God deserves it. I believe I ain't going to say that Isaiah 60 verse 22 look at, look at this everybody say we're in the day called Isaiah 60 they're coming Isaiah 60, verse 22. Hallelujah. 
Watch this. So powerful. He says, Isaiah 16, 22, a little one shall become a thousand. And a small one, a strong nation. Please read that. Please read it. Read it. Read it. Read it. Isaiah 16, verse 22. Read it. Read it. Read it. Read it. Read it. Read it. A little one. See, I get excited when I read stuff like this because I know this ain't a history book. He's the head and I'm the body. It just happens head first. That's all. But the body enters into it too. Isaiah 60 verse 22. A little one shall become a thousand and a small one a strong nation. I the Lord will hasten. Everybody say hasten. I will hasten it in its time. I'm telling you prophetic is dripping off of this stuff right here. I the Lord will hasten it in its time. Expedite it in its time. Accelerate it in its time. In other words, once the time comes, it takes no time. Oh, God. You no, this ain't going to be something that happens over uh, two years, three years. This is going to be something that happens in a twinkling of an eye. We're going to look up and say Australia is over there. Brazil is over there. Nigeria is over there. No, once the time comes, and I know it sounds crazy to you, but that's okay. When you see it, you'll believe it. Blessed are those that believe it and don't see it. But when you see it, you'll believe it. Glory be to God. You'll still be blessed. But the greatest blessing is when you can dance right now. The greatest blessing is when you can shout right now. The greatest blessing is when you can exalt. it again. These dry bones can live. Once, once the time comes, it no longer takes any time at all. We're not waiting on for God to do it. We're waiting on the time for God to do it. And once that time comes, there is no more waiting. I'm here to tell you, it'll be red one day and beyond black the next. It'll be, it'll be negative one day and beyond positive the And I gotta help you reasonable people. And I gotta help you people that have said, okay, let's prepare. Let's plan. Let's map out what we're going to do. Let me help you right now. To, to, to hasten is to accelerate. You know what accelerate means? It means to reduce the time required for fulfillment by eliminating details. To, oh, that bless me. To reduce the time required for fulfillment by eliminating details. Nations are coming, and God says he's going to take care of the details. Citizens of other states are moving, and God says he's going to take care of the details. People who don't speak good English are coming, and God says. A little one shall become a thousand. And a small one, a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. Once the time comes, it's not going to take any time at all. Because it is the God who is the timeless one who says, now it's time. I 
hear the father saying, Gabriel, now it's time. I know you don't see it. I know it ain't, we ain't got no hits on Facebook, but I hear the father saying, now it's time. I, I know we ain't came up with a plan to reach the nations, but I hear the father saying, there's something that's waking me up, keeping me up late and waking me up early. Isaiah 66, Isaiah 66, Isaiah 66, verse 8. I need y'all to read this verse. God, I feel this in my spirit. This glory that's being poured ain't so we can have a good time in church. Guess what? It ain't to get people that's a member of other churches to join this church either. We are not trying to convert people to our style of church. Come here where God's presence is better than over there. It sounds like Big Macs trying to compete with Whoppers. Foolishness. Watch this. Isaiah 66, verse number 8. Look at this. Who have heard such a thing? Listen to the question. Who have seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon. For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. See, I'm about to mess up your idea of what travailing is. Uh-oh, and I'm about to come down your row, intercessor. I'm about to mess up what you think it means to travail right up in here. The, Bi- oh, the Bible says, as soon as Zion, the church, the father's sons and daughters travailed, she brought forth her children and her children are nations. Travail releases manifestation as soon as we travail. I'm about to mess up everything you ever thought you knew about travailing. I'm about to mess it up. Spiritual travail is not something we do long. Please hear what I'm saying. It's a form of intercession with as an as soon as connected to it. In other words, the second that you travail, at that very second, you bring forth. It don't even take two seconds. It's in that second that you travail. As soon as Everybody say as soon as. If you were travailing all night, you didn't travail at all. As soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. We can't travail all night. Because as soon as we enter into true travail, conception conception takes place. Travail is not something we do long. Travail is a dimension of desire. It is a dimension of desire that as soon as we enter at the proper heat level, as soon as we get hot enough, God Almighty, as soon as we get passionate enough, as soon as we're completely immersed, as soon as we're completely consumed. When travail is done right, we don't do it long because as soon as we travail, something happens. See, this is why we haven't been travailing. Because we've been taught that travailing uh, traditionally is defined as something that is painful, something with great difficulty, heavy burden, to bring forth children, to bring forth 
a ministry to bring forth the promises, you got to go into a travail. Ah, Jesus do it. You got to put on sackcloth and ashes. Even now, Jesus do it. You got to cry out all night long. To travail, we have been deceived into believing. That means to toil. We have been deceived into believing. That means to be in pain. But that cannot be travail. Y'all want to understand why? Because travail has an as soon as connected to it, and that's connected to a curse. Birthing only hurts because of a curse. Birthing is only toil because of a curse. Bringing forth children is never supposed to be painful. You're supposed to dance while you bring forth children. You're supposed to laugh while you bring forth children. You're supposed to clap as you bring forth. Uh, y'all looking at me crazy. You're not supposed to bleed when you bring forth children because there's already blood that was shed for you to birth without bleed. I feel the spirit of the living God. We're about to birth children without bleed because that's somebody's blood that was already Can I teach you what travail really is? Can I teach you what travail really is? Genesis 3.16 It is not this. This ain't what travailing is. This is what curse looks like. Genesis 3.16 Everybody say, as soon as we travail. Genesis 3, 6, 16. Because Eve sinned. I'm about to show you some stuff. Hallelujah. God, I feel the spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. Look at me tell you that we're about to do something great. And it ain't going to hurt. But we're about to change the world. And it ain't going to be heavy. Now, I wonder why we haven't done it. We've been trying to do it under a curse. I thank God that I didn't send out any sons and daughters until God showed me this. Now is the time. I sense God doing so many things right now. I'm telling you we're in a now moment. And I thank God for sons and daughters that recognize, man, you let you sit up under a father until a father sends you so you can have the benefits. You out there toiling, thinking you travailing and Calling it travail and don't even know how many, how many apostles, how many men of God are telling people you just got to travail for it. You got to have pain for it. And don't even understand they're bringing them outside of the promise because they're not being fathered. Genesis, watch this. Genesis 3.16. Look at the, look at the problem of the curse. To the woman, he said... He said, this is the curse. I will make your pains in childbearing very very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Childbearing under the curse demands painful, difficult, and burdensome travail. Which means from the beginning, it wasn't supposed to be pain. It wasn't painful. It wasn't burdensome. It wasn't difficult to travail. Who hath heard such a thing? 
Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day, or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Nations are not birthed under the burden of the curse. They're birthed as soon as we initiate a true travail. The reason why many of us don't think we can birth nations because we think we got to do it in pain. We got to bleed. We got to plan. We got to stress. We got to now calculate. And that will be the very reason why we'll never birth nations. Because nations are not birthed. See, let me, let me say it this way and I'm going to mess you up. It's easier to birth nations spiritually than it is to birth children naturally. All right. Come on. Come on. I know y'all. I knew y'all was going to look at me like, yeah, right? I'm going to say it again. It's easier to birth uh, um, nations spiritually than it is to birth children naturally. Right. Well, Pastor, how can you say that? Because in order to birth children naturally, you've got to carry them for nine months. Come on. In order to birth nations, all you got to do is travail for one second. Come on. I... In order to birth natural children, if, if, it's, if it's normal, two at a time. Right. But when you birth nations, you birth multiple nations at the same time. And they're men. Come on. We go back to birthing Adam. They come grown. God, I'm telling you, the sons that are coming aren't going to come. Hey Amen. Little shabby, little ruddy little boys. They're going to come grown men. Multiple children, uh, natural children only come forth by multiple contractions. Ain't that correct? Nations are birthed as soon as we travail. Nations are not birthed under the burden of the curse. Please hear what I'm saying. Nations are birthed by those who have now by faith. Everybody say by faith. Entered it. See, everything I just told you means nothing if it's not by faith. Everything I'm saying is by faith. By faith, right? It's those who have entered into full bridal rights, which is the right to function as the bride of Christ. Do you understand what the curse really is? To have to submit to someone you're not passionate for. Right. That's the curse. We got to obey God or we go to hell. But when we ate of the tree, we lost love for him. So now we're trying to obey somebody we don't love. And we're trying to submit to somebody we don't love. Guess what happened to us as husbands and wives? Now you got, I got to stay married to you, but I don't really have passion for you no more. I don't even look at you with the twinkle of my eye. I do it because I know it's right. That's curse. It's a curse to be stuck, obeying, and now functioning with somebody you don't have any passion for. And so now the curse was broken when love was poured. God poured. Now I got to obey and submit to God, but I don't love him. Because if you love me, you'll keep my... But when I enter into my bridal right, what's my bridal right? My bridal right is to love the Lord thy God. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I take joy in the things of God. I take joy in coming out of the world. I don't do it because I got to. I take joy in prayer. I don't do it because I have to. I take joy in reading the Word. I'm no longer under the curse of doing something by responsibility. But I really, I know, like right now, I release the blessing of God because y'all ain't caught it yet. Because some of your marriages are still under the influence of a curse. You don't even love that man like that no more. You just do it because it's the right thing to do. You don't even look at that woman and then when you look at her, something should shoot to you and make you say, I want you. You are beautiful. You are everything that I want. 
I break that curse. Till death do us part. For somebody you ain't passionate for. That's a part of the curse. And we're not called to live like that. You have a right to have passion. Every day. You wake up there every day. Warning your wife. You wake up every day warning your husband. And if you ain't got that, you ain't entered into your bridal right yet. Thank you, Lord. To attempt to attempt to bring forth, you hear people say all the time, marriage is work. Only if you're under the curse. It ain't work. It's my right. I got a right to have somebody that's knowing I'm saying that when I don't say anything. I got a right to when don't nobody else know how I feel. This person knows how I feel. Right. That's a privilege. Amen. To attempt, you know, but if you now get marriage counseling from people living under a curse, you ain't going to like them. Sometimes you just got to sleep on the couch. Don't curse. We ain't never sleeping on nobody's couch. Never. Not one time. I'm sleepy. You mad? Just don't say nothing. I ain't going to say nothing to you. Wake up in the morning and be happy. <laughs> Man, I ain't going on nobody's couch. Oh, I don't want to be close to you at all. Curse. Go to sleep. You got the cooties now because I don't like you. It's like, go to sleep. I know I'm preaching good right now. I know I'm preaching good right now. And then we teach our children the same thing, and they operate under that same curse. You should not be with somebody you're not passionate about. No, no, I'm not just with her because that's my wife. Man, she looks good to me. She looks great to me. She is hot. She is blessed. She is everything I ever wanted and dreamed of. Don't make me go back to SWV. I will sing it. I still know it. And I came to find out that's my blessing. Why some people are cursed to be attracted to everybody but they want. That's a curse. That's a curse. From the gates of hell. It's a curse. Hallelujah. I thank, I thank God for Edwin and Danielle. They take over marriage ministry. I ain't got to do it. I could just throw a slide in here and there. Bam! And keep on going. But y'all going to be blessed on the 22nd. That's going to be a blessing. I read what you got to do. You write, write it, write it. That's going to be such a blessing. I said, ooh, it made me tingly when I read it. I said, ooh. Chubby. Boy, it's going to be a lot more children after this year's marriage ministry. Going to be full of chitlin. All right. To attempt. Now watch this. Watch this. To attempt to bring forth a ministry, a work of God, a kingdom expression in earth by pain and toil is to attempt 
to bring forth a New Testament reality while accepting and living under an Old Testament curse. I need y'all to hear me and hear me good. If Jesus is the last, is, is the last Adam, then the church has to be the last Eve. I'm going to say that again. If Jesus, what did, why is he the last Adam? Because he now, Adam speaks of fountainhead. Because Adam birthed while in sin, everybody was born in sin. Right? So Jesus now is the first, he redefines birth by resurrection. Now being born ain't coming from your mama's womb, you're born from the dead. He's the firstborn from the, he turned the grave into a womb. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, the grave is the new womb. If you're in a grave called drugs, you're in a womb. If you're in a grave called addiction, you're in a womb. If you're in a grave called depression, you're in a womb. If you're in a grave called defeat, you're in a womb. The grave is the new womb. That's where you're birthed from. You're born from the dead. You're born from being dead in sin and shaping in iniquity. Right? As now birthing in righteousness, everybody, every seed from Christ is the righteousness of God inherently. By now birthing through travail. As the last Eve, every church... What, what I'm saying is... What I'm preaching is a paradigm. Come on. Yes, Lord. Every church that understands as soon as we travail, now we now begin to release Eve's to conceive children as soon as they travail. All right. As the last Eve. Right. It'll no longer be through crying and you get depressed sometimes and you get lonely. You ain't going to be able to find people to talk to and you want to quit a whole bunch of times. All that goes out the womb because that's under the curse of the first Eve. But look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, we're Eve's replacements. Oh, we are the last Eve. Y'all hear what I'm saying? We do not have to birth under that curse. We can bring forth nations in as soon as we travail. I'm here to tell you nations are coming and ain't nobody going to be stressed out. I'm here to tell you nations are getting saved and ain't nobody going to feel like they're overburdened. We are not confined to bring forth uh, children like Eve brought forth children. The first Eve brought forth children through pain and agony. We as the last Eve are about to bring forth nations as children in a day. As soon as we travail. No longer under a broken curses paradigm. Wow. So what is travail? Our travail isn't pain, it's passion. Our travail isn't toil, it's affection. Our travail isn't difficult, it's devotion at a measure called excessive. Do you understand that when we are going crazy for God, we are now tapping into a measure of working towards a travail? That's why God said it's going to happen soon. Your passion is your travail. Because, no, 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 no. Children aren't birthed by toil. Children are birthed by passion. See, a lot of people don't understand it, but can I help you understand something? I believe the reason why women have to wait nine months for their children is because Adam didn't know Eve until after the curse. All right. Come on now. 
I'm about to blow your mind right now where my mind just went. I believe the only reason why we had to carry him, I believe that if Adam would have knew Eve before the curse, they would have knew each other and had the baby the same day. See, we are so, we are so adamant. Our minds aren't free enough to grab stuff like that. The reason why the snake came so soon is because he wanted to now, if, if, if Adam sleeps with Eve, they are going to take dominion immediately. Be fruitful and multiply and take dominion. I can't let them have one child. And if that boy touch her tonight, by, by uh, 12 or 1, they're going to have them a baby. Initially, children were supposed to be born at the point of passion. No, I, I can't prove that. I can't. I'm just going to tell you where I've been. I've just been in some crazy places. I can't prove that, but I'm here to tell you right now that where are we at? We're at the point of Shall a nation be born in a day? Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such a thing? I'm here to tell you right now, we have a husband called the last Adam. And if he is the last Adam, we are the last Eve. I'm here to tell you there's some things about to hit your life that you are not going to have to wait for. That while you're in the midst of passion, it's going to come. While you're in the midst of blessing, you wait nine months. We having this thing tonight. Right? At the point of passion, pregnant and conception was supposed to take place. Right? The seed was defiled when Adam sinned. Amen? And so now after the seed was defiled, women got to carry it for nine months. You got to waddle around. You got to go through all those changes. And we now try to equate that to birthing spiritually. But that's all under curse. Travail. Travail is whole. Whole now is the Hebrew word for travail. It means to twist, whirl, and dance. Look it up. Look, look it up. Whole. Travail. <laughs> it means to twist, to whirl, and to dance. It also means this, though. Now, fear, tremble, be in anguish, or be pained. Now, which, which definition fits? As soon as we twist, whirl, and dance, nations are birthed. Or as soon as we fear, tremble, be in anguish, or be pained. We do good job at that. It ain't nothing come forth. All right. So obviously it's the latter. Right? Cool. To twist, to whirl, to dance. To be brought forth. To be made to bear. As the last Eve, we no longer bring forth under a curse, so therefore functioning in a capacity to bring forth nations. Through twist, through whirl, Dance. Remember, the kingdom is foolishness to the wise. Dancing is our travailing. Wow. 
please hear what I'm saying. Not just surface, fleshly, carnal dance in an attempt to try to have a good time in church. Come on, let's have a good time. Let's clap for the Lord. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a dance birthed out of adoration. That says, magnify the Lord with me. God, I don't want to leave this building without you being properly honored. You're too good for us to be doing what we're doing. I'm going to him like I'm crazy because he's been so good to me. There is nobody. It is now a dance that says, I want to bless you. And then when you have a dance out of adulation, you don't just dance in church. You'll dance in your car. You'll just, sometimes you'll stump, you'll take your foot off the gas and the brake and stump your feet. You'll dance in front of the iron board. Sometimes you have to put the iron up and turn it around and just begin to bless the Sometimes you have to reschedule appointments. I know I told you I'd be there by one, but I mess around and lifted my hands at 1245. And I ain't come out till two. Please give me some time to get to. I'm not lifting my hands because I like the song. I don't care what song y'all sing. Guess what? I don't care if you hit a note. I don't care if you screech the whole time. If you're doing it unto God, I'm going to lift my hands. Right? Because I'm not doing it because of the song. I'm doing it to honor this God that is poured adulation. I'm not clapping my hands because I like the beat. I, see, that's, that's our problem. No, I'm, I don't care what beat you got. I'm going to clap my hands because it's a way that I can reflect how good he is. Corporate worship is an opportunity through an outpouring of adulation to be excessive, extreme, immoderate, unlimited, and most importantly, prodigal. Prodigal in worship. Because through it, people can come through those doors and begin to see his worth that didn't know how worthy he was. But looking at us, they understand, man, this king has to be worthy. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Right? This king has to be worthy. Through the praises of his people. We make his praise. They can see his glory through our glorifying him. Yes, Lord. That's the privilege of blessing him. It ain't because somebody sung your song. It ain't because you like this one. I can glorify him. Through closing my eyes, I can glorify him. Through clapping my hands, I can glorify him. Through waving my flag. I'm not just up here waving no flag for you. I can glorify him. God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. No, 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 no. You might just think I look crazy. Yes, but I know I'm glorifying. Yes, I can glorify. I can, ref- I can give a small, menial view of just how worthy he really is. That changes the game in worship. 
That changes the game in praise. It's no longer about stimulating me. It's about me reflecting him. The more excessive I got, I get, the more I can reflect the God that's exceeding. My excessiveness can show other people his exceedingness. God, I hope y'all got that right there. Travail. Right? To twist, to whirl, and to dance. When we dance, we whirl. And when we whirl, we twist. Travail. To twist, to whirl, to dance. When we dance, by way of travail, we whirl. That means to spin around. Really, 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 really fast. If, if, if you want to get a picture of what it, when we praise, we enter into a world. The best way I could describe this picture as the Lord began to download this in my spirit is a merry-go-round. They don't really make days for kids anymore. But we used to have so much fun. I know growing up, some of you, I'm telling my age, we still had merry-go-rounds. And you better not get on the merry-go-round while I'm there. Why? Because I'm going to grab it and run as fast as I can until you literally blow it off. The whole point is to try to make it spin around fast enough to throw stuff off. If you, if you whirl fast enough... Stuff will start flying. God, I'm I'm trying to help somebody understand. When we travail, we dance. And when we dance, we begin to whirl. That means we begin to turn fast. See, other people to break addiction had to go through 21 steps. They had to, they, 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 they got on drugs and back off drugs. Got on drugs, back on drugs. Got on drugs, back on drugs. But when you travail, like as soon, my God, as soon as you travail, you smoke crack before church and never touched it again after church because as soon as you, for 25 years, you felt like killing yourself. You came in church one time and got around a prodigal people that began to dance and you felt the world and in one moment suicide left your life. I'm here to tell you as soon as we travail we start to whirl. My God, I'm turning around. Dysfunctions are turning around. I get that bondages are turning around. I get that change is coming. I know it took you two years, but don't preach that because that ain't travail. Travail is as soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. As soon as you travail. I'm here to tell you right now, if you got migraine headaches, travail. As soon as you travail. If you got pain in your back, as soon as you travail. somebody to bless God up in here like you know what I'm talking about is true. I need somebody to travail and dance until you begin to whirl. Dance until you begin to whirl. Praise them until you begin to whirl. Bless them until you begin to whirl. Call on them until you begin to whirl.
Bocosia. I came in guilt, but as soon as I travail. I came in condemnation, but as soon as I travail. I came addicted, but as soon as I travail. I came heavy, but as soon as I travail.
praise right. You telling me I ain't got to talk about me making it no more? I'm going to make it? I need somebody to shout like you know you're going to make it. You're going to make it. with his life and his life with my life he becomes the vine I become the branch I become the abider I become the lover through travail me and him become one his image on my image that you see both images as one image in other words I'm a son of God I am a God man just like God was a God man when you see a man you see God and when you see God you see man I dance world twist see until until you change you can't twist with the identity called victory he's complete victory and so until you twist out everything that's telling you you ain't got it you cannot be intertwined with his oneness so there has to be a world before there can be a twist God has to help you understand when I said it is finished it is finished I don't care if you smoked yesterday you still ain't addicted to nicotine the devil is a liar I don't care if 
you watch porn this morning, you are not addicted to pornography. The devil in us, the moment you whirl, God said, I'll twist myself with yourself. And so now when you pray, guess what? I'm praying too. Now when you lay hands, guess what? I'm laying hands too. Now when you stir up gifts, I'm stirring up gifts too. Now when you preach, I'm preaching too. Now when you go to work, I'm going to work too. Me and you are twisted together. It's called love on a lace level. I don't know about you, but I, my love got lace. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to preach to you for a minute. I messed around and hit a level of love called lace. I messed around and got laced up with the king. Yeah, yeah. Me and him got twisted together. And I've never felt life on this level in my entire life. God is calling you to a level of love called lace. I'm here to tell you I'm passing out lace revelation. I'm here to tell you I'm lacing this preaching. I'm here to tell you I'm lacing this revelation. I'm here to tell you this thing is lace. as soon as the reason why it's as soon as is because of the twist because when I ask he's asking so as soon as I ask when I say healing he said healing so as soon as I say be healed the twist is what makes it as soon as travail ends in twist It ends in a love called lace. Yes, Lord. I'm going to stop there. I really want to go to walls and gates, but we'll do that on Wednesday. I don't even want to do it right now because I feel like there's somebody in here that needs to say yes to the travail. Let me help you understand something before we do this. You always toil. You're not toiling. Your toil isn't travail. You toil to get to one. I toil for nine years to get to this place where I'm travailing. I toil. You toil into travail. But once you get to tra travail, toiling is over. Toiling is over. The grace of God. I'm here to tell you God is inviting you into a travail. And that don't mean you cry all night with sackcloth and ashes. That means you say, I will bless the Lord at all times. And you'll pray, God, I am not going to take you off of my lips. I ain't going to take you off of my sight. I ain't going to take you out of my mind. And, and, glory be to God. and that does not mean you don't pay no attention to your husband and wife. No, 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 no. Because now me and him are twisted. So when I kiss my wife, God kissing him too. When 
I take my wife on a date, God take her on a date too. Everybody stand to your feet. Thank you. 